Holy moly, what an end to season four of our favorite mini golf obstacle network TV show. We did an instant reaction that we recorded live on Facebook, and we're going to give you the audio here on the podcast. I'm Tom, otherwise known as Mr. T. I'm not here with my co-host, Pat, from the Putting Penguin, because we did this all live on Podcast's Facebook page. We just wanted to have this little wrap-up available on our podcast format as well, so you could listen to it. The audio, it's not perfect. It is what it is when you're recording live in the moment. We literally recorded this within five minutes of the broadcast of the end of season four of Holy Moly. So you're going to hear us completely in the moment. In the subsequent week since it aired, a number of sources had shared a few little bit of tidbits with us, some people that were on set and some info from Reddit. And I'll share those before we jump into the episode. The first thing is Bigfoot Wedge went to a putt off as well as Parkade. Like we've said all season and throughout our podcast, they definitely trim up the play in a lot of these episodes to keep things moving along, which means sometimes you don't get to see all of the putts. Doesn't mean the result is faked by any stretch. And some source online had said that the actual finale went to about 12 putts, which is sort of what we expected in that kind of a situation. No one's going to really make it in the first four as they're dialing in their putts, and we figured it would take a while, especially in those conditions. One final caveat, there are a handful of things that there's a visual reference for since we did this as a Facebook live video. Hopefully it doesn't make it hard to follow along. Otherwise, just listen in. We talk about the Holy Moly finale, what we think could be the future of Holy Moly, and a number of other things in the mini golf world to tee off future podcasts. Enjoy. And you can putt when ready. Uh, if you are tuning in and you have not watched the finale of Holy Moly, please turn away. Spoilers. Watch it on Hulu tomorrow. It's all spoilers. It's it's going to be good. It's going it's an episode w- worth watching in the moment. Holy Moly, Mr. T here. I'm one half of a couple of putts. I'm kind of a muppet and <laughs> based in Minneapolis, a former Holy Moly contestant. Half of a putt, the putt cast, and we wanted to do something right away after the finale. Kind of have our say after this rapid fire season, but I'm going to throw it over to this guy over here. And these yeah, two people. So I am Pat, the putting penguin, your other co host here, season one, holy moly alum. This is Malcolm, our little penguin, who's made a previous appearance on the podcast when we had cuckoo kangaroo so we're back back here he's gonna be popping in and out he was he's watched pretty much the whole season with me and we're excited to talk about the finale it was crazy it was bonkers and i if for some reason someone tunes in and you want to leave a comment go for it i'm also wearing pat to like see this oh this is the nice. official uh official podcast live stream channel of the american mini golf alliance so hopefully uh, you're a member. But if you're not, go to amaminigolf.com and become a member right away. But yeah, holy moly, I'm season four. Season two winner here. I was going to say, you got the hat. And it seems very apropos 
because the season, this is only the second season in the U.S. that ended on a single long putt hole. They did that in Australia too. So I don't even know where we start. I had, I think just general reactions were, I had in our podcast that we recorded, we made some predictions, dead wrong. But I, even more than that, had certain expectations about what the final hole would be that was wrong, who I thought might be some of the favorites, which was close. More than anything else, I did not expect a long, long putt for the finale. And the winner, I even had said, I didn't think they had a chance. So that's on me. But let's <laughs> let's not let's not like jump the gun already. Big picture reactions, Pat, to this finale. You know, I I think they've I'm really glad they've gone to the the single season finale because the three that we've had were all excellent television. Like you can really yeah. tell the putters came through. I mean, even from the the first the hole with full Mooney there, like you had three putts off an incredibly difficult tee shot that were all within like six feet of the, the cup. So I mean, my first reaction was they 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 were so smart to make that change and it has worked out. And you could talk about like there's luck in all the episodes, but by the time you nail boil it down to the nine winners, like they're good mini golfers and we get to see that. Yeah. Yeah. And it, you know, I think the thing that was really exciting too is that we had a lot of golf stories and mini golf stories for that matter with pretty much everybody in the finale, even with Katie, which they didn't show it in her intro again, but her intro for earlier in the season, they used some footage that she shot over at Peter Pan. Didn't use it again this time, but um, yeah, lots of stories. What'd you think? Malcolm. What'd you think of the show? Yeah, what'd you think, Malcolm? Um, Pretty good. Pretty good? What was your favorite part? Really? <laughs> this makes for good television here. Did you like any of the obstacles? Any of the putts? Um, the moon obstacle. Oh, you like the moon obstacle? Oh, yeah. We did laugh a lot at the moon obstacle. There, I would say that that would be the, although Hollywood was all right. I was going to say the inverse of good putting was full moony was terrible obstacle. But perfect timing yesterday with the new NASA yeah. telescope. So in a weird way, sure. right. <laughs> but I, I, I just thought of that in the moment. I was like, well, that kind of worked out okay. Yeah, um, that was good. But let's do a super, super quick recap. I'll take the first hole. Um, Can we give a shout about? out to uh, our Aussie friend, Alan Cox, before we do that? Who's oh! morning-ish time over there. Uh, look for the Putter King on YouTube. He's made some wild hole-in-one YouTube videos that seem very fitting for this finale of Holy Moly. But yeah, let's let's jump into it. First round, we have three holes played by three different people on each hole. The first one was episode, uh, the last episode winner, Birdie, uh, aka Erica, Slip Rick, and Dylan, our mini golf course owner from Nebraska. They all played full Mooney. They all fell in the water. 
they all got really close on the initial putt, uh, the huge jump over the water where you can see there's that backdrop. And we had Dylan and Rick make their putts and birdie miss. And then they had to go to a putt off over the berm again, which if I remember right, all three of those players had played trap tees, the similar kind of putt, the jumping of the water. This time they're facing it. And the the, tur- the lower turf, though, is going to be the same, which is kind of a nice thing for all of them that they did that. Dylan also made a really incredible putt over a berm previously. After Rick missed his in the putt off over the berm, That's Dylan funny. gets in and he's on to the semifinal. It's, it's a mini golf putt if there ever was one. <laughs> you got to go over Right. Hold on. All right. Hold up. I will be right back. This is live television at your best. I have to turn <laughs> on the lights for my six-year-old. <laughs> and yeah, so I mean, I think there's going to be a familiar thing that we'll see from pretty much like everybody, you know, all three of these first round holes is the teaser of it all. Everybody that played in the first round had played some version of that whole, the structure, the playing which i think is smart because then you get probably people that are a little bit more dialed in on your putts and you don't have people missing a bunch because it's possible that someone made the finale and didn't make some good putts but it's unlikely so pat you take the second hole over at hollywood so hollywood before we do we've got a another introductory it's a lego kermit which is yeah what's up kermit um this episode seeing as we had a lot of kermit booth time which was pretty sweet and he was in the booth on the first hole on full yeah. and so we so hollywood was the second hole following the theme of players who had played it before and so we had jamie kathy and katie and uh we actually had jamie had a amazing jump to the test wall. i mean she flew out there and i was like oh that's that's great and you know kathy had the wriggle spot, and we have talked about it all season, that that was the better of the spots to take because you're not over the berm. Everybody seemed to do really well on it, and she goes and hits a hole in one. A hole in one. And everybody's just like, well, all right, we got to take a shot at it from where they are. I mean, luckily, it's a, a hole that you're not penalized when you go in the water a stroke because otherwise it would have been straight over. At least, yeah. you know, Katie and and uh, Jamie had a chance for it, and they they made good runs, but both make so unpredictable off that that ramp. And frankly, like Kathy's like approach, the ball she had it hit before the berm, and we've seen people skip the berm. And so when I saw that initially, I was like, "Oh, that's not good." Oh, and she used the angle, and it goes in, and I was just dumbfounded. I the the visceral response that I had when that went in is unlike anything probably in all of the seasons. It was the most surprising outcome on Holy Moly to date, Barna. Yeah, it was a – I'll say Twitter had a huge reaction for, for that. I mean, as you should. But, uh, yeah, I mean, it was exciting. And it, so she just moved right along, and so we went on to our last hole for the first round. And we go back to and we go back to Bigfoot Wedge, which I told Pat that I saw a photo that kind of gave away that it was this hole. And I was like, of all the holes, this one seems the most fluky to play in the finale, only because 
the chance of a hole in one was so fluky that you really can't predict the putts around that ring. No one made the hole in one and it left everybody with what we've seen all season between probably three and seven foot putts. And, you know, I think Tyler had the worst position of the three on the putt putting end of it. And so, you know, all three of them missed the obstacle. Same thing happened on Bigfoot Wedge all season. Everybody missed that obstacle. I think it's probably, it's a fun looking obstacle and people don't get hurt, but it was probably poorly conceived with the notion that someone could land it. Nate came dang close. Good on Nate. If his arm wasn't pinned underneath him, he probably could have grabbed out, but he couldn't get that arm like wrapped around enough. I also feel like this hole would advantage someone who's a little bit shorter of stature. That there's Mm -hmm. a lot that I think he's a like they showed him standing next to uh, one of the other people in the group and he looked really tall. I think it was him. But Tyler goes first, gets it in, and that leaves Will and Nate to make their putts. Will, I believe, lipped it, if I'm correct, and Nate shorted it. And lo and behold, we have Tyler moving on to the finals, which if I was to look at all three of these holes and you told me who is playing them and who is going to win, I would have been shocked if you told me that both Kathy and Tyler made it. Although I, I commented on Tyler's putter and all of all the people, the musical episode finale, Michael and Tyler were no slouches. They both had serious putters, serious forms and took it seriously. So that's our semifinal Dylan, Kathy and Tyler. Where do we end up? We end up on parkade, which we've talked a few times about during our, yeah, it's, it's right there. It's in the background. And and they used it, which is not surprising. I mean, it's a very visual item to play. It's kind of fluky. Um, super fluky. But, and, I mean, the, yeah, it, it is super fluky. But, I mean, at the end of the day, it's it's interesting to watch, you know, from a viewing audience, right? Because you know people are going to get blasted, except for Kathy, who goes back-to-back hole-in-ones. I've never seen it before. Unbelievable. It, and and you kind of knew, like, I, you know, we've been trying to be really good about not looking at press things. So I didn't know. But, like, when she hit the ball and it hit into Uranus, the way they've kind of been editing it, I was like, she's probably going to get a hole in one. It was still unbelievable to see. And, and so that, like, moved her along. And I guess the good thing about it is that you it was two of the three had to move so it wasn't like everybody was eliminated once that happened you still did have a shot and dylan proved that he's really good putter because he had the more difficult i mean that shot was at least two if not three times as long up against the edge and he drained it it was one when i saw it go into dutch courage i'm like i don't think i've ever seen anybody go in dutch courage when it came out was like oh boy he's out like there's no way he goes to finals like I counted him out when Slip Rick got so close oh, geez, to the yeah. cup on Full Mooney. And then I'm like, well, now Dylan's really out. And for us being mini golfers, someone who's a mini golf course owner in the Midwest, who else? That one, I, I, thought, I was worried because, I mean, we've, we, we've talked about it. we're not big fans of Slip Rick. But, like, at least on that one, his putt 
Dylan's putt wasn't that far. Like it was a reasonable, no, like they all were close. Putt. Yeah. This one was super at, at distance. Yeah. Yeah. The one thing I will say is when he hit his up, it bounced out of Uranus. And yeah. I was just like, that is awful luck. If he, if he had to have watched that and just gone like, well, it was like an inch from being a hole in one. And now, but have we seen it go in, got to say it, in Uranus uh, on parquet? Because I feel we like have. we have. We have. And it hasn't aced. been an automatic hole in one. No. That's what I thought. So did it and, it. and if I remember right, it went straight in. Like, or did it come off the wall? It came off. No, the wall. it went straight in. It went straight, it went straight in. in. the flag. Yeah. And that was to me the part where it felt a little fluky. But if I would have known that Kathy had this lineup of holes, I would have given her a better chance because Hollywood really, no one's, it doesn't, it's not an, it's not a hole where the obstacle matters. Big foot wedge, it really didn't matter. And very few people finished full Mooney. So nobody in the first round finished the obstacles and nobody finished on parkade. So in the finale, you have nobody completing any of the obstacles which is like the exact opposite of last season where we have Rachel Lynch, who is a rugbyer, incredible athlete, and Tyler, who I believe had beat a few obstacles earlier in the year, so felt like obstacle person versus obstacle person. And then the long hole, there was some like rough positions they got in. Not really bad putting, though. Um, But here we have three holes in a row everybody failed the obstacles and yeah, I didn't even let you finish on Dylan made his putt. Yeah. I mean, Dylan made his putt. I mean, we got some good face plants on the, the flippers and, and Tyler. I mean, that's, it's tough. He kind of, and that was another one where I just kind of sat there and went, we're probably not going to see a second putt off. It would have been great, Um, but like he kind of, knew it was going to happen before it happened. And I mean, bum for him. Cause like you said, he, he's had some good putts. He was definitely obviously the best out of the musical episode, but like deserved to be there. But we had now, I mean, sets up a heck of a final between, you know, really an, an underdog favorite situation, right? Like Dylan, we talked about, he was our number one given his course ownership and everything. And Kathy was the, the, the wild card because you just didn't know. And, and they had the distractor ish thing. <laughs> they had a 25 foot distractor that was a probably less crazy difficult version of Tomb of Never TT, which they used in the US season two and Australia season one, where it was 25 foot putt up a ramp and then you're kind of laying it back down towards the cup. I loved all the costume characters being there. And for our COVID protocols, it was super smart. Mm-hmm. Especially at this time, you're not showing people in masks. You have some people there. So there's like a celebration. And then Miss Piggy's going to be there. They had set it up. And then what happened? Understudy. We had to bring in Jeannie, which I was really happy that Jeannie gets a chance to like, I mean, she does a great job at her side, her uh, sideline reporting and everything. But like, it was nice to give her a chance to you know, be the star. So I actually like that they brought that understudy, like they actually brought that little bit of a storyline through to the end, which I thought was kind of cool. But it was a little like a lot. Like it was 
costume characters, genie well, minds. I think that was good. Yeah, I mean, it had a very, like, you're trying to putt while a party's going on atmosphere, which actually... And the weather looked kind of terrible. terrible. Well, the yeah. weather looked awful. It was like <laughs> you raining see the and trees raining in the background. And Dylan and Kathy are just looking at each other like, this is completely insane. It was probably at, like, three in the morning. I am certain that those two took that putt more than the four times yeah. that we saw it. There's no way they made it within the four. It's... Someone tweeted, um, which I thought was, would have been very apropos, that they expected after seeing all that, that it was going to end in like, this was all a dream, you know, the 80s style oh. sitcom, oh. which I was like, oh, that could have been really video. fitting. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That, that would have been, that would have been wild. Yeah, it was, it was something and it was a lot. And you get like the good closing part where they tie the whole piece together with Miss Piggy and yeah, I mean, all of that worked, but the queen of the one shot. Yeah. I mean, it was, so what was it? Four shots that they ended up showing in there. And yeah, it was almost, I mean, and I think all of the finals have kind of had this too, because you never know what order the shoot. It was almost anticlimactic at that point. And I think it was a combination of just the way they shot it. And the fact that she had already had two hole in ones that it was just like, all right. (laughs) Well, they, they shoot it in such a way that if you're watching your clock, Mm, yeah, you you know know what's going to happen. And, you know, I mentioned it, that this is the first season where it was fully unspoiled for me. And uh, look at tired Malcolm. Yeah, we're, we're getting the bedtime on the East Coast here. <laughs> that, you know, I was watching the finale of Never TT in season two. It was way longer than the five minutes you all saw. There were <laughs> way more than two or three missed putts. There were like, I don't, the time kind of stopped. I want to say it was somewhere between 45 minutes, an hour and a half. It was cold. It went to like three in the morning. When I watched that episode, I knew it was going to come. Could see the, you know, the way that they framed it and everything. And they did the same with Kathy. They did like single shot one direction to another shot another direction. And when you're on the set, there's a million cameras, so they're just lining it up, lining it up, lining it up, and the ball goes in. And yeah, I imagine with this one, it probably wasn't as long because it was an easier putt, all things considered. I mean, once you kind of knew where on the ramp to hit and your speed, and um. I actually feel like, you know, we've talked about on the podcast, we play the game one shot golf and I was like, Oh, it's kind of the same thing. You just kind of like make sure you know your spot and you like where you put your putter. And I'm sure they got to it pretty quick, but um, yeah. yeah. And for some reason I was feeling like there wasn't, and maybe it was a COVID thing too. There just wasn't as much fanfare after she won or anything. And there wasn't much with Rachel either. It was weird because no one could have their family out there, which for her, it was especially weird given she was the third member of her family mm-hmm. to go on Holy Moly. Her nieces, Maya and Nisa Tanaka, who are both professional golfers and on Instagram and social media and share a lot of stuff about how much they play golf. Kathy wins it. And I mean, what a great end to a season where you have an unexpected winner who makes three really long, crazy putts to win it. Very mini golf type putts you know as far as hitting off a wall hitting it through a pipe hitting it off a ramp and then to top it off this is our first really older winner i think mark from australia is probably in his 40s 50s maybe he talked about something like he couldn't retire but so 
it's nice to see not only another woman win a season of Holy Moly. So now for the U.S., you know, we're almost getting to 50-50 because the first season, the 10 episodes, I think there was three women that won season one. We had Molly, we had Holly, and we had Diane. And I think that's it for season one. So it was like three of 10 were female identifying women, you know, that, that, that won their episodes. And then we had Tanner win. So all of a sudden it's like, what is that? That's now eight to three. Now we're up to eight to five uh, with the U.S. seasons. So two of the three full season winners have been women. And we had four episode winners this season that were women. I believe it was a 50-50 or close to it in season two. But either way, like, this is great. This is a great representation in showing that the game is for anybody and everybody size, age, height, skill, all of that can be overcome by good putts. You don't have to be the most athletic person in the world to sink great putts. There's people that are in the professional mini golf circuits in both the U.S. and overseas that all sorts of different heights and athletic abilities and ages and are able to do well. And what a finish to the season. Yeah. All right, can we talk about the one thing that I texted you afterwards? Because we I didn't see it. Well, no, it was it was during, I guess. But the whole truth. Yes. Where's we've been talking about this? There's a sign that's been in the back. The whole truth. It looks like a hole. What is? We've been through all four seasons that we know they filmed. What's going on? I mean, isn't it isn't it kind of like good that it's right behind Riggle and Tess? And if you're someone like me, kind of looking for spoilers of holes and other things, they have a red herring called the whole truth. Yeah. I mean, who knows if they scrapped it, if it was a bad idea and they went out to set, if it had something to do with electricity and they had so much rain and cold that they couldn't do it. I feel like it might have been that because if you think about like it was raining a lot. Yeah, and we ended up with a lot of Hollywood this season. Like, probably more than any other holes been used in any other season or close. And it, yeah. so it feels like maybe there was something that could have offset that at some point. But I was, who knows? We'll, we'll start a conspiracy. Well, it was a little birdie let me know. And the the real the reality is there's not really a conspiracy as much as there's a filming schedule. Holy yeah. moly, it looks the way it does because it's all filmed overnight in the dark. And there's some nights where the timing of everything and the bits that they're filming and the setup and weather that they can't get through everybody who they had lined up to play that night. So they have to push and they usually don't use the same hole into another night because if you see the whole set, the way the cameras are set up, it's not really easy to like pivot quickly, uh, you know, and move the cameras and move them over. It's why when we shot and we played our round one, that was two holes, you know, across, you know, the same night that there was a break in there for lunch so they can move the whole setup around for cameras, but most of it was already in place. Short of it is there were some people that were set to play one hole, walked out to practice one hole and they never played it. So the whole truth, 
you might hear from um, someone who was out there in season three and four and they're like, oh yeah, that was this and never got used. I'm trying to think of, you know, there was some okay Kermit or there were some okay Muppets bits. They really recapped both the play and the Muppets story that I feel like of all of the seasons, the finale as a standalone watch, if you didn't watch the whole season would actually be pretty good. Yeah. You could just jump in. If you didn't watch any of the season, just go watch this. Yep. Uh, it's it's a great watch. Easily the episode of the season. And I think next closest one would probably be Nate and Dylan's episodes. They had some really good putting in it. Um, I mean, I think that's about it. I, I I wasn't sure how season four would come out. The big thing that we had talked about early on is Holy Moly is not renewed for season five and six. As far as we know, the international filming that they were going to be doing for it. None of it has open casting. There's no open casting for Holy Moly anywhere for the first time since the fall of 2018. So who knows? It's, it's not a thing that when you have that many people on set with COVID still around that you're eager to book until you kind of get that, you know, X factor under control. If for no other reason, the protocols on film sets right now is so prohibitively expensive. And when, you know, most TV shows, they're not bringing in, you know, what is it? Seven times eight, 72, nine times eight, 72. They have 72 characters from around the country that they want to cast and bring in people with interesting stories so they don't just have to pack it for a bunch of people from California that couldn't travel when air travel was really, really like not comfortable for most people when they filmed back in 2021. So I think it's still an open question. I think they, with the final hole, with all of the hubbub and the goofiness of like, oh yeah, ABC is going to renew us. I thought it was like, <laughs> I thought that was a great troll job that like, if they cancel it, that's a great way to go out. Um, yeah, it's, it's perfect no matter what the outcome is. And maybe they were projecting and predicting it. You know, Tess and Riggle are doing some dog show next. Might be going into some goofy universe. It feels like they were in a Christopher Guest film <laughs> on Holy Moly, and now they're in yeah. kind of what Best was show, yeah. thing. So I don't know. What do you think? Do you think it's coming back? You know, part of me, I always think about like the economics of it. And there, yeah. you know, there's obviously pieces of it we don't know in terms of what they get for ad revenue and stuff. And I try to watch and I'm like, eh, it doesn't seem like it's any different than any other show in terms of what the commercials they have are out there. Um, I mean, I think you had a good point about like getting all the contestants out there. I, I feel like the set at this point, while it's still expensive, they really do have a good grip on reusing everything how they can build stuff so i gotta imagine their kind of curve there has come down a lot um so if i'm looking at it i'm like well if the ad revenue is halfway decent i don't know what's streaming on it hulu like it and people talk about it like i was walking around an art festival this weekend i had my holy moly shirt on and somebody's like oh i watch that show with my kids and and so I don't know. I feel like, and you talk about it all the time. They show they aired at a time when sports is is pretty low. It's a dead space. So, I think, you know, we've got a couple months before they really need to start casting. 
in there. So I'm 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 going to say I'm cautiously optimistic that we have not seen the, the end of it. I also wonder if they would consider filming it so they don't have to do it when it's super duper cold out in like mm. Feb, March, April. So then they can turn it around for airtime in May, June, what have you, that they record it, record multiple seasons next summer. It means we're going to wait a long time for Holy Moly. But I think the biggest thing that they have going for them, and maybe we'll do this on the podcast separately, your celebrity connection slash producer of the show, Steph Curry, just went up another level. Yeah. As a huge Warriors fan and been a, a fan of his game for years, him now winning his fourth title starts to put him in the category of best of all time. And he's changed the entire game. And on top of it, he's probably one of the most popular athletes in the entire world. Yeah. I mean, he's hosting the ESPYs now. Like, yeah. So, yeah, I mean, that's a good point for something where he could just sit there and be like, if I just want to do this. And again, you've got it puts his name in front of a lot of people who, you know, may not even be basketball people, but they all know him like that's. Yeah, I mean, it could be an easy way just to rubber stamp that going forward. So, I mean, that's why, yeah, I, I'm optimistic. I mean, it's it's always had okay numbers, you know, nothing that was really dropped off. I mean, you could do all these sorts of analyses and stuff, but I think you're, I think the biggest part right now is just the, con, the contestant pool and, and what you're going to do with that yeah. and COVID and everything. I think if that clears up, we got a pretty good shot. And if not, you know, this was a good way to go out. Yeah, I, I can't. Yeah, I mean, if they go out like this, great. I mean, the producers of this show are connected to so many different things. Steph Curry's made a bunch of different TV shows and has had things in production, doing a lot of like family entertainment stuff. His wife had the cooking show. He's now kind of getting to another level where he hasn't been on set since season one, which is really strange. Um, but, you know, like, how long does he want to do this with his NBA career being only a few years left is what's he trying to pivot toward? So it's going to remain an open question, but um, yeah, this was a, a heck of an ending to what was, you know, in our podcast, I said numerous times, the last one, a really, really fast season. This is mm. probably the fastest aired season. I think the ones that we were on, they showed a lot more replays in between and a lot more gaps. And those are just standalone episodes. You didn't need to know what was going on next to really follow the, the through line. This time they did it all, had the through line. I'm curious to see how that works out for them, what kind of a response they're going to get with having an older woman who nailed a ton of putts. It's a, I mean, it's a great representation of, of the game of mini golf. Yep. And so, you know, we shall see, but uh, I don't know if we'll do a recap podcast of this. Maybe we'll just point people to be like, see our instant reactions. There's not a lot more to talk about. It, no. it, weirdly because Kathy getting so many hole in ones and the putting was surprisingly really good and it didn't seem like there was a hard edit and we didn't see anything new for holes other than the distractor, which even that wasn't like a 
any sort of a wild deviation that we might just leave it at this. We got a bunch of good things ahead. If you're listening to this, you know, as we said earlier, this is the podcast is the official podcast of the American Mini Golf Alliance, an organization we helped found with a bunch of our friends from Putting Penguin, a couple of putts and Randy Rice and other friends from around the country to help kind of bring people together for fun, competitive mini golf. And we have a whole series of tournaments coming up in the next couple of months we'll be talking about. Go to aminigolf.com for that info, as well as to become a member for free. I will personally send you out membership card. We have like a hundred and some members already who have membership cards that are beautiful and laminated. It's got our uh, fancy schmancy little AMA logo. We're going to be announcing some prizes that are going to be coming up for the AMA season. We're going to be talking about some cool giveaways and we're going to be talking about all sorts of things, mini golf uh, on the horizon. If you need something in the meantime, can't recommend enough the 54 Problems podcast with Simon Brown and Andrew. I'm blanking on your last names. Edmonds. Andrew Edmonds from the UK. I think they're both from the UK. Talking about the world of mini golf. And boy, oh boy. Uh, you know, like it's been nice to see another podcast out there and getting some coverage of international play and getting us uh, some itchy feet. But Pat, any final thoughts on uh, Holy Moly or kind of moving forward with the summer? Um, nothing else on Holy Moly, but I would say if you haven't jumped into the craze yet, do so now and get yourself an Oculus and walk about mini golf and get prepped for roughly two weeks from now when they drop their labyrinth downloadable content, the videos they've already posted if you are of our age and remember, and how would you ever not remember that movie? It looks like it's going to be awesome and immersive and all their other courses are awesome too. And I recommend you play it, but it's just get, get in on that. Cause you, you aren't going to want to miss it. And yeah, that'll be a conversation and we'll be talking about put 18, probably mm. be talking about some one shot golf. We'll probably be talking about all of the AMA tournaments as well as some USPMGA tournaments coming up in, you know, the fall, the end of the summer and the fall is where things go nuts for competitive mini golf. And in a weird way, we're both grateful to have the space to actually focus on it and not have holy moly episodes getting in the way because I think both of us are eager to be in that conversation. But for now, find us on the socials. Keep following us on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, putting up content, sharing out about the world of mini golf. You can obviously follow myself and the Pink Putter over at a couple putts and and all of our penguin crew over at the Putting Penguin. And if you need a third one, O Street Mini Golf makes some great videos, including I saw they did a video of the upcoming course, uh, the fourth or fifth or sixth iteration of AJ's Mini Golf in Lidditz, Pennsylvania, which opens this weekend. It's a former Holy Moly contestant, Marnie Van Grau, who lost to Dylan's course partner in Nebraska in season two. Uh, Marnie's family builds a mini golf course in their front yard every year and open up to the public and have it as a charity. Look up AJ's mini golf on social media. We're hoping to feature that uh, some photos from the course and we'll probably include in the O Street video because I'm sure it looks great. Probably what I'm gonna watch 
Yeah, so gotta catch up on it. <laughs> so go and watch that. But uh, otherwise, nice to see your faces, everybody. And we'll see you again soon. Yeah. So until next time, putt when ready. Putt when ready. And you can putt when ready.